0: In de Haagse wijk Duindorp zitten er nog vijf mensen vast. De politie arresteerde sinds zaterdag 34 personen voor onder andere openlijke geweldpleging, brandstichting en belediging. De meeste van hen komen uit Duindorp zelf. Zo'n twee derde is minderjarig. De leeftijden variëren van 11 tot 58 jaar. Veel mensen zijn boos over het schrappen van het vreugdevuur tijdens de komende jaarwisseling regeringspartij VVD wil dat ernstig zieke kinderen meer mogelijkheden moeten krijgen om euthanasie te plegen. Kinderen tussen de 1 en 12 jaar kunnen op dit moment hun leven niet actief beëindigen. Ook niet als ze uitzichtloos lijden en ongeneeslijk ziek zijn. De VVD wil het zogeheten Groninger-protocol uitbreiden tot 12 jaar. Daarmee kunnen artsen nu het leven beëindigen van pasgeborenen die ondraaglijk en uitzichtloos lijden coalitiepartner D66 is iets voorzichtiger men de ChristenUnie is fel tegen. Het is de vraag of de spoedwet over de stikstofcrisis morgen in de Tweede Kamer een meerderheid krijgt. Met name de linkse oppositiepartijen zijn kritisch en willen dat het kabinet met een plan voor natuurherstel komt. De 250 miljoen die het kabinet wil uitgeven aan natuurherstel is voorlopig eenmalig. Wanneer GroenLinks, PvdA en SP de spoedwet niet steunen, betekent het dat er in de Eerste Kamer geen meerderheid voor is. PVV en Forum voor Democratie zijn sowieso tegen. Op een internationale veiling van bouwmachines in Moerdijk worden zo'n 4000 apparaten verkocht en opvallend veel komen er uit ons land. Door de stikstofcrisis en de problemen met de PFAS-normen zijn veel bouwprojecten stilgelegd. En dus is er voor onder andere veel hijskranen, diepladers en graafmachines geen werk. En dan nog het weer. In het noorden bewolkt en met name in het zuidoosten mist die zich naar het noorden uitbreidt. Het is een graad of 6. Later vanavond daalt de temperatuur tot rond het vriespunt. Tot zover het radio nieuws.
1: Good night. Very good Wednesday. My name is Anastasia. Welcome back to another episode of Student Radio Maastricht. Um, today in studio I have my very good friends. Can I have everybody introduce themselves?
2: Hello, I'm Michiel de Groot and uh, yeah, I'm here for Student Radio. We're also here with Enrico. Ooh. Thank you so
3: much for hosting me tonight. I am coming to the Student Radio of Maastricht to talk about... Uh, A topic that is not often very discussed, I would say. That's true. But I think it's gaining more and more relevance in a world of uh, inequality and uh, exploitation. So it's probably time to get this topic on the table.
1: About time.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this topic because like you said, you hear a lot about it from students and things like that, but it's nice to be able to talk about it on a forum like this. So I'm excited.
1: And we have...
4: Hello everybody, I'm Sachet. I'm here behind the console and I'm going to jump in and make fun of everybody when I can.
1: <laughs> I love that. Consistency is important. Um, what we just listened to was Ping Ping by a band called Yin Yin. Um, they're actually a Limburg located uh, band. They just released their new album, The Rabbit That Hunts Tigers, I think, an album on uh, Dutch, Dutch dance beats mixed with a little bit of Thai funk, a lot of good stuff. But today, um, I've gathered all of my dear, dear friends to talk about um, alternative scenes, um, culture, and maybe the, less, the, the unfortunate attitude the city of Maastricht may have towards these things. So the, the inspiration for this was last week I was invited to a Q&A with the director of the Morris House for Contemporary Culture, Valentine. And I, I, asked him, like, okay, the mandrel has closed. We're in the shadow. Um, last week, the mandrel uh, shut down. Um, it's no longer here in the city. And I asked him, like, do you see any parallels between what's happening with mandrel and maybe what's happening with the Morris House? Because they do some weird stuff, weird art, um, stuff that people may not understand, and they have to battle to fight for funding for these things. And he said, yes, I do see, I do see a parallel in here, um, because. Maastricht has this interesting attitude towards culture, towards um, putting on a good face, I should say, um, which I thought was super interesting.
2: Yeah, it it really seems like anything that's alternative or a little off the beaten path, it's it's really being shoved to the side in Maastricht. Like you see it with alternative uh, political things, um, but also now for anybody who might not know, the Mandrill was a local um, community and political center. Uh, where a lot of l- artists and uh, political activists uh, were uh, living and creating art and hosting parties, and they had a, a sort of agreement with the municipality. But recently they were evicted, and we lost that cultural space, unfortunately. So today we want to talk about the theme uh, of political activism, friendship, anarchy, whatever comes up. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to have Enrico here with us to, uh, to shed some light on that. Thank you. Thank you for
3: hosting me.
1: I hear this name has a, has a story.
3: Yes, it does have a very dear story to our hearts. Uh, Enrico is usually an Italian name, Mm -hmm. Eric, and it's the name of an Italian anarchist thinker of the 19th century. He was called Enrico Malatesta. And Enrico was exiled by the Italian government a couple of times because of his revolutionary activities. So he ended up in Egypt where he started a huge anarchist branch that actually uh, took part in the resistance against a lot of oppressive forces in Egypt at that time. Um, and I I find the person very inspiring. His his uh, pamphlets are really interesting mm-hmm. as well, very simplified language for the common reader. And uh, yeah, I chose his name because I really like him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, thank Thanks, Eriko. Fantastic. Um, I think a point to begin with um, that's super interesting was when we were speaking about Maastricht's attitude, the city the city slogan is something along the lines of like spick and span, like nice and clean, clean and tidy, everything in a box and that box is put away and it's spot and it's dusted and it's clean and it's very well organized and there's nothing out of place ever. Um, and as much as I appreciate that because comparing Maastricht um, to like maybe Amsterdam, the streets are clean, it's beautiful, um, I love to walk around in Maastricht because it is so well cared for. But what does this mean in terms of culture? Because we can talk about policy, we can talk about legislation, and how important that is in terms of what we have in a city. And I think I think there definitely is an inseparable connection between that attitude of clean and tidy and then an attitude and the inevitability of places like Mandrill shutting down.
2: Yeah, yeah. If I had to ask a question, I, su- I suppose I would ask what in the last few years that we've been here, what has grown in terms of, of counterculture and cultural things and what has kind of been pulled back? Do you see things that opportunities maybe with the closing of the mandrill? Do you think we have an opportunity now to latch onto that because it's the talk of the town, people want to know what's next? Or do you see a real effort being made to suppress um, um, you know, alternative political and cultural spaces, or both?
3: I must say that I like this topic a lot because I think there are like a couple of keywords between yeah. what's happening with the cultural free zones, but at the same time with the theory of anarchism and the ideas of anarchism. What I definitely would say, Michiel, is that I think, according to me, in the last four years, what has happened is that more spaces have been shut down but the idea has gained a lot of popularity and these things go hand in hand. You have a place being shut down, people start questioning, they come together, they try to do something and new ideas are being born. And you can see it also, I mean, I wouldn't want to involve intentions into this necessarily, but you can also see it as a reaction of the municipality or of the state that this alternative idea is emerging. and action has to be taken before things go out of hand, before everybody starts squatting somewhere here. So you need to do something about it, which is quite ironic because Mm -hmm. they always want to promote themselves as this international diversity. But at the end of the day, it's all about homogenization of culture. It's Mm -hmm. all about, and uh, homogenization is not about that you play one type of music. You can have a variety of cultures, variety of songs, but the the homogenization is the form of governance, the model of governance. There has to be one and only one way of running uh, cultural zones. And that is regulated by the government, that is this, that is this, that is that. Any alternative must be eliminated because it's one form of governance only. And we all know that this form of governance is very heavily influenced by the neoliberal economic mm-hmm. model, you know. And so it's obvious that uh, owners of private property are going to have it good.
1: Yeah, mm. um, Valentine was saying. Um, he has he and the Mara's House have a very interesting relationship with the municipality at large. So the municipality can say, "Oh, Mara's House, we really appreciate you. You're a really unique institution. You bring a lot of tourism and a lot of um, uh, like um, yeah, income to the city due to your um, unique projects and like these different things you do." But, and there's always a but. We're not going to fund this project because we don't understand it. There's that. There's that always malicious but you give us something, but we don't understand, or we don't like, or we don't appreciate, or we don't encourage whatever thing you're trying to do. Um, so like we can say, and the municipality can say, oh, Maastricht's such a, such a diverse city, there's student culture, there's student life, there's music, there's, um, there's scenes, um, please come visit and, and, and enjoy yourself, but don't let those things stay here for too long. Because if they stay here for too long, it's going to change the actual makeup of the city, and that's not what they want. Um, it's always this. It's always this really painful give and take. It's only. It's only so much. Um, it's only so much of what you can do until they decide it's not good enough.
3: Mm.
1: And I mean, that's that's a theme in all of policy, uh, in the system wherein there's always. It's always tra- transactional. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you see the same thing with, with protests when we've had Extinction Rebellion protests here. Um, there's been protests against um, from everything from plastic packaging in Albert Heijn to obviously Maastricht and Maastricht University supporting um, f- the fossil fuel industry and these things. But you see that. Maastricht is kind of marketed as a as an international city full of international students, which it is, but also as a place where culturally and politically you can be yourself. All these things, but there seems to be this whole undercurrent of you can protest as long as you're not ac- actually disrupting anything.
1: Yeah, you can protest for the pretty pictures, but at the point yeah. you actually say something relevant, that's too far. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah, and the police will stand there, and then as soon as it gets a little rambunctious or we actually have a power and emotion. Uh, involved, then it then it all of a sudden is a little too extreme, and they start to take people's names, and so it's it's very structural. I feel it's not that they that the Maastricht municipality woke up one day and said, "Oh, mandrill, let's get rid of it." Like we need to, uh, it's it's too uh, too influential of a cultural space. It's just all these structural things that slowly squeeze out, and it's these been a long time spaces. coming. Yeah. yeah, and what what's left now? You know, you look at like we have LBB, which is a great space, the uh, Belech, What is it? Landbau. So Landbau yeah. Lans- yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, there's there's you know we're we're whittling it down to a few spaces now, and I think that's why it's so nice to have this conversation because these physical spaces are kind of dwindling away. But at least personally, I've seen a lot more engagement. In person and online, so many people talking about what's happening with Mandrill, like why are they shutting this down and those last few parties were amazing. There were so many people there yeah. they had to they had to block people out like it's too full so there's energy and there's there's a will to do something political now and do something with the energy but yeah, where does that go does it Does it manifest itself physically, or do you think that online and through things like radio that this can live on? Almost and subvert this whole government structure. I'd Mm -hmm. like
3: to agree and disagree with you. While I definitely believe that those places have mobilized a lot of energy to open negotiations with the city and actually do something, one more subtle way of the state of exercising its power is by influencing how people think. So it's not just about uh, uh, shutting down these places, but it's about convincing people since we live in a society that the political is separated from the cultural. So a lot of movements that want to save the LBB, want to save the mandrel, want to work on cultural free zones, they focus on the culture aspect, that we're culturally diverse, but there's a lack of understanding that your cultural diversity, sorry to say, can go to shit if there are $4 million on the table or 4 million euros on the table for that place. If the political parties mostly are lobbying against you, then your cultural diversity can go to shit as well. So these issues are very related and I think we will inevitably lose if we do not see the relation between all these things. You need to Mm -hmm. go for cultural diversity, but also have a political stance, have an economic stance on those issues and understand that if you do not have an effective movement in that sense, there is no reason, there is no reason or an indication that appears on the horizon why the state would stop. Name one reason why would they not uh, gentrify the LBB in the upcoming three years, none. There is no resistance, the money is on the table, and the people's understanding of how to actually win this struggle is not there because it's all about cultural stuff. It's heartbreaking because the mandrel has been around for 10 years.
1: More so. More than yep. 10
3: years. They've been doing parties, they've been doing activities. And last week they organized a demonstration. Where are these people that come to the parties that belong to the mandrel? We were 50 people in total. That's like a third of the people that show up at parties because the image that we need to send to society, to the people must also be a lot about political, safe space, safe community, that this place is openly not welcoming any forms of discrimination, any forms of sexual harassment, etc., etc. et cetera. Establish a good connection with the working class in town, establish good connection with the youth, with, uh, with the uh, youngsters in the neighborhood, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Kick off event for locals. But if we only focus on the cultural dimension without understanding the value of those things politically and economically, then those things can be easily deprived of a value that we never knew mm-hmm. somehow, if that makes sense.
1: It's, 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 yeah. Because if you don't force your way and your perspective and a choice, you're not going to have one. Um, you have to carve that space out for yourself, no matter how difficult it is, because in the end, if you don't fight for it, you're not going to have it. So, so. Um, I'm going to transition to a song now. Um, it's called Police State by Dead Prez. Um, please enjoy. Have some fun.
4: How very appropriate.
1: Yeah. The
5: <sighs> in human society of this thing that's called the state. What is the state? The state is this organized bureaucracy. It is the police department. It is the army, the navy. It is the prison system, the courts, and what have you. This is the state. It is a repressive organization. But the state interior, you know, you've got to have the police, because if there were no police, look at what you'd be doing to yourselves. know how we think. Organize the hood under the I Ching banners. Red, black, and green instead of gang bandanas. FBI spying on us through the radio antennas. And them am hitting cameras in the street like watching society. With no respect for the people's right to privacy. I'll take a slug for the cause like Huey P. While all you fake niggas try to copy Master P. I want to live. Able to have what I need to live. Bring the power back to the street, where the people live. We sick of working for crumbs and filling up the prisons. Dying over money and relying on religion for help. We do for self like ants. And a co- the wealth into a socialist economy. A way of life based off the common needs. And all my comrades is ready, we just spreading the seed. To have black male, live a third of his life in a jail cell. Cause the world is controlled by the white male. And the people don't ever get justice. And the women don't never get respected, and the problems don't never get solved, and the jobs don't never pay enough, so the rent always be late. Can you relate? No more bondage, no more political monsters, no more secret space launches, government departments started it in the projects, material objects, thousands up in the closets, could have been invested in the future for my comrades, battle contacts, primitive weapons out in combat, many never come back, pretty niggas be running with gas, rather get shot in they back than fire back, we tired of that, corporations hiring blacks, denying the facts, exploiting us all over the map, that's why I write the shit I write in my raps, it's documented, I'm Every day of the week, I live in it, breathing it It's more than just fucking believing it I'm holding them ones, rolling up my sleeves and shit It's C-Lo for push-ups now, many headed for one conclusion niggas ain't ready for revolution average black male, live a third of his life in a jail cell Cause the world is controlled by the white male And the people don't never get justice And the women don't never get respected And the problems don't never get solved And the jobs don't never pay enough always be can you relate we living in a police state
2: State by Dead Prez and Sachet here in the studio just wanted to let us know let you know that the music video is even better than just the song so check it out once again that's Police State by Dead Prez so let's turn our attentions more to the subject of uh, a word that's come up a few times and that might scare some less politically inclined listeners but the word anarchism about what exactly it means where it comes from and what its relation is to things like capitalism um, yeah do you have anything to say about that
3: yeah. Um, well, I would like to start with a small linguistic definition of anarchism to like, clear out the confusion. Anarchism comes from anarchy, which is a Greek word meaning the absence of power or the absence of authority. Because usually anarchism is associated with the absence of order, but that's not necessarily the case. You would like to have order, you would like to have a form of governance, but not the type of governance that advocates hierarchies and especially authoritarian hierarchies where the bottom in, where the top enforces everything on the rest of society. I today I wanted to explain anarchism in in kind of a, a unique approach I would say. I would like to address why it's not popular or why it's very misunderstood today and from that we can move on to explaining more principles of anarchism. So I must say that a lot of it is uh, theory of anarchism, but also a lot of it is personal take and personal interpretation. Not everything is necessarily uh, uh, the, the full truth, therefore. One of the main reasons why anarchism has been very misunderstood, I think, is that anarchism really attacks the foundation of the social system. So if we go back to the 19th century, where uh, the bourgeoisie more or less consolidated their power and established their own form of political state the 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 the, the nation states these two powers the bourgeoisie as an economic class and the state kind of entered a marriage and their children of these movements were socialism were anarchism and marxism they were born out of these very movements because the working class realized hey we had like as the bourgeoisie overthrew their own buses, we might as well overthrow our own so let's have a meeting for all of us and decide how we can do things and those meetings became what 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 is commonly known the International Workingsmen Association, where workers come together from all over the world to discuss issues such as um inheritance, uh, taxation, uh, uh, private property, the state, voting, what should we do with this, what should we do with women, should women be granted education, should they do this, should they do that, what do we do with children? So these questions started more circulating around the the people there. And uh, one of the weapons that came out of this movement was the general strike. It's an extremely basic idea. You have a factory, worker in a factory making money. If a worker does not work, there is no money. And if there is no money, there is no capitalism. So the most revolutionary action of the 19th century is for people to sit at home or go demonstrate on the streets and not go to work. Yeah, striking basically. This caused a lot of upheaval and a lot of crackdown from the states all over Europe, in France, in England, and in other countries, even in the United States all the way to Chicago, where Italian immigrants brought anarchism to the, to the United States. Uh, one general strike was organized where 350,000 workers showed up. The police responded very heavily on the 1st of May, and that's why 1st of May was adopted as the Workers' Day, International Workers' Day. Um, many other incidents happen, some of which people are not very uh, aware of. For instance, some of the anarchists that were involved in the uprising were executed uh, uh, with the electric chair that was invented by Thomas Edison, for instance. They in were America, one of the first people Yeah yeah. one of the first records of the um, you know the police record when you like take a picture with the, what do you call it? A mugshot. Yeah. One of the earliest ones was also made for an anarchist because of uh, of, uh, their involvement in many activities. So, yes, you have a philosophy that is telling you this society is based on completely flawed ideas, be it with private property, be it with the state etc etc with that you are inviting all of these forces to direct their efforts to dehumanize you so that anarchism is not anymore a philosophy with great thinkers throughout history but it's more teenage kids who want to see violence happen and listen to punk music that's why this movement has been very dehumanized and honestly it's a nasty media game just as you reduce islam to terrorism you can reduce anarchism to chaos and everybody killing everyone it's a, it's kind of a nasty trick on the side of the powerful. So that's, that's one part of it why I believe that uh, anarchism has been very misunderstood because anarchism calls for a radical attack against the very social foundation of the world we live in, capitalism and the state, and it does not compromise these principles. This is one reason. The other reason, it's a bit more obvious, because anarchists never had a giant propaganda machine To advocate their cause Like the Soviet Union, Communist China, Nazi Germany Fascist Italy, (coughs) Liberal America Or Liberal England All these countries were very powerful And they dumped millions and millions And millions of money In order to spread their propaganda And spread their image around the world But anarchists were were not very interested In doing something like this Because anarchism at the first place Goes against the centralized consolidation of power So there is no need for propaganda Per se of that type that was perpetuated by those countries. But it's also more about local-based organization. Anarchism is not trying to mobilize people in America to go fight in Iraq. They wanna mobilize people in America to solve problems that concern the community in America. And that is also something that kind of washed anarchism on the side. But there are so many facts, very interesting, that we just don't know about. Like Ukraine, for instance, uh, uh, as, as well known, Uh, had a huge anarchist movement in the 20s, in the 1920s, was completely destroyed by the Soviet Union because they did not accept something to challenge their power. It was a massive movement. Uh, Catalonia that fought against the fascist Franco, it was also entirely anarchist before it was actually destroyed by Stalin's influence. Uh, Chiapas in Mexico now still standing. There is an anarchist community there. They had an uprising of indigenous people demanding more rights, and then they decided to control their own legion and do things locally. Uh, In northern Syria today, there is also an anarchist project where people are uh, kind of uh, organizing... um, a form of democratic confederalism where different regions coordinate with each other without a central state in order to manage the allocation of resources, but also manage the 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 society, basically, the interaction of people among each other. And these things are out there, but that's the thing. When you have a huge trend of dehumanization, it's hard to fight back. It's really hard to stand up and say, yo, this is what anarchism is. And that's why I invite our audience to actually check it out mm-hmm. and see more about. Uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah. Easy.
1: It's, it's easy to feel threatened because of course, something like this ideologically calls for systemic change, which is, it's, it's hard to grapple with if, if you haven't had the time to actually take a moment, step back, who am I in relation to the things around me? Um, but once you do that and once you start reading, I think it 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 furthers you to understand why the things are why how why things are the way they are, and what that means for you as an individual. I think like we have these buzzwords, and I think the media has done a good job of making them really really threatening to the daily person and i I would implore everybody listening to not not have that initial like shock to it like take a second, take a step back, understand where these. Um, perspectives come from, and why there's like um, oh, what's the word? I don't know. There's a word. Um, why there's such a such a, a, a stigma, a stigma around it. Thank you, Sachit. Um, because there's a stigma for a reason, and the stigma is there, and the reason is there because it's trying to challenge something that a lot of people think shouldn't be challenged. Um, I'd also
4: like to add that uh, anarchism has a rich literary tradition, which also mm-hmm. has—I mean, it's just doesn't doesn't exist in our libraries, and I fail to understand why. Mm. Yeah. It, it's very high quality, just like the literary tradition of any other political or social movement. And
1: it's a long tradition.
4: It is a very long tradition, Definitely. and there are many. There, th- th- what's most interesting to me about the anarchist literary tradition in English is that there are a number of prominent female writers from the nineteenth century.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think you can ask, you start to kind of peel back the layers of this when you ask very simple questions, I think, sometimes. Um, I've been asked very simple questions, again, coming from America, growing up in capitalist America, Silicon Valley. I had a lot of assumptions about, about things, and this is just the way things are, the way it ought to be. But when people start to question, what exactly is property right? Like, why, do, why does every human being have to pay in order to literally exist on a piece of land? Like you can't you can't sleep anywhere without paying for it. Like when you start to, to peel that back and and ask very specific questions, you start to kind of broaden your view on these kinds of things. And I've really come around to the idea of anarchism, uh, again, coming from like, oh, this would this is not feasible. It's just chaos. That was all I associated it with. And again, it's this kind of scare tactic that you see a lot in, in some media organizations. I don't want to bash the media, the boogeyman too much because good journalism still gets done. Of course, but yeah, it's important to to uh, have these conversations about these things. And I see, you know, we have some stickers around the studio here and you see stuff like fight the rich, not their wars. I think so many people who have seen the wars of the last 20 years, again, America, the Iraq war, the involvement in, in the Middle East. And we just ask why, you know. We know people who, or families who are, um, who have had kids go over there, or just so many families affected, and you just think, why? It's all for oil. It's all for influence. It's for
1: money that's never going to get to the people actually invested, personally Absolutely. invested in these yeah. things. And you
2: see the tactic is to muddy the waters with these things. Muddy the waters of, about what is anarchism? Ooh, it's spooky. It's chaos. It's, it would never work. It would never work. So let's just keep it the way th- yeah. things are. But is this working, you know, when, when, when know. so many people consolidate power and influence? I'm not sure I'm not sure like I,
4: I get I get I get what you're saying Mikhail. in principle but um I'm not sure we can reduce international politics to just a struggle for money power and oil I mean of mm-hmm. course that lies at the base we all know that uh, the reason people participate in this dance of international politics right now is is for for you know is because of what happens beyond their borders and how it is now unfortunately very significant mm-hmm. we are all tied to each other in this uh, neoliberal global economy so um if you know a, a country is somewhere in the world has an economic crisis, then it is very likely that your comp- your country will be equally, will be majorly affected by that, even though it happens far away, it happens to people you've never met and you will never meet. And so what happens is that countries that are geographically very, very far apart, culturally very far apart, have uh, stakes in each other's well-being, and I don't mean well-being, I mean that they must live by the same economic and political system, otherwise they cannot conduct the specific kind of trade that keeps both their economies going. So what we're looking at is a vast interconnected network that props up neoliberal capitalism. And that's the reason wars are fought, in my opinion. Or, uh, I mean, nobody can really say that wars are fought for a single reason, a singular cause. But that's another layer, That that's the way I see it.
3: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I would most certainly agree with you. I don't think it's only money and power struggle that shape state uh, actions with each other. But at the end of the day, war is being fought. And what is exactly. very interesting for me is that all the let me call it statist critiques of anarchism, only mirror the world of states. Chaos, everybody killing everyone, wars, uh, no stability, uh, lack of order. I mean, that's what's characterizing most of what's happening around the world today. How much do we have to say about what billionaires are doing on the market? And they are controlling our lives. They control everything. On this table, everything. All the products, all the production, all the manufacture, all the agriculture, it's controlled entirely by people that we cannot have a say about. At least anarchism advocates that from each according to their abilities to each according to their needs. If you're participating in this community, you should have a say as well. As equal as any other person I mean look at the uh, system of uh, election even in representative democracy which is the best form of governance we ever had as uh, Winston Churchill says fucking hate that guy <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean let's just point out that democracy dates back to the Greeks it's not exactly yeah. a very modern system
3: yeah it's I mean the direct democracy emir-
4: emerged in uh, Greece essentially in, in, in ancient, Yeah, Greece. in ancient Athens yeah
1: ancient Athens is dead
4: and there's a reason Plato wrote the Republic because they were unhappy with direct democracy. Yeah,
3: yeah. Of course, it had its own flaws, and uh, speci- course, especially yeah. also when it comes to the, the the way economics is being conducted, it was you know by no means anyhow close to perfect. Also excluded slaves and women and so many other people Absolutely. from actually participating. But as one anarchist thinker says, he's. Uh, Russian immigrant in America called Murai Bukchin, very influential person, died in 2006. He says, what is very interesting about direct democracy in ancient Greece is not the system that they had for everybody, but the system that they developed for a privileged minority of them. If we can take that and use our modern technology, our access to resources, we can create something better, most certainly. Yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) Um, I think that was very important. I'm going to transition to a song, if that's good with everybody. It's called (coughs) Pressure by Little Sims featuring Little Dragon.
6: Oh, let me apply the pressure, eh. Start off before we end up. Get your march on, on your mark, get set. Ready, gunshot. I've got my hands in the air saying so don't shoot. How in the world could you then let it boss through? Now do you care about all the eyes on you? Now you want to say we're telling lies on you. Same motherfuckers I've been killing off the planet. Are the same fuckers advising you? But true, the stuff is surprising too. See, them probably just offer of depriving youth. Why you want to all dress lies as truth? Have you ever seen what silence do? I don't want to see no violent truth. Putting out fires that haven't even been started. With a rotten man, I'm tired too. But I don't lose. I refuse. Take one. Walk in my shoes or any other young black person in this age all we ever know was pain all we ever know was rage that book starts on this page do not try to relate you see what you do what you don't shit you see you will or you won't hope i still got you engaged don't take offense it's too late i say this to those that never be poverty stricken always have a silver spoon to feed off it may not be your fault heard that line before leave that privilege at the door i don't care about none of that shit say it loud and keep playing my shit what? Inside, will oh, 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 all Oh, keep applying pressure, A eh? Far from where well, I want to be in this life. There's nothing I can't be in this life. I just want to do my thing and be free in this life. Blinded at times, can't see in this life. Just trying to pass the test like I want A stars Don't give me no C in this life I'm just glad that my young kids won't have you Was a daddy in this life Hold your L you prick, F you Nigga really thought he was a G in this life Fuck that, not stressing, get next thing I don't want to be angry in this life Shit really got me down but I'm still gonna succeed in life Plant the seed by any means, Getting and go. No one between, born to fail Never was me, they never believed had a dream and hoes on my jeans Down on my larch, still on my dean Talking to God, he making me see my reason to be here Understanding that this is bigger than me Watching the news I feel it so helpless Can't even help myself from changing up all this shit Say it loud or keep playing my shit Man, I'm proud of how far we come Won't stop till we living in bliss Won't stop till you know we meant it Play no games with these zillionaires Play no games with these niggas, I ain't Ain't afraid of these niggas, I ain't. nah. Living in your
7: debt and i working for a check Everybody's caught in the lifestyle Jordan steps, thinking you can jump the test. Everybody's caught in the lifestyle. Living in your bed and now working for a check. Everybody's caught in the lifestyle. Michael Jordan steps, thinking you can jump the test. Everybody's caught in the lifestyle. So you wanna be filthy rich? Then with yes by Yes, yes, right, but yes, man, by yourself So you wanna be the very rich man But yes, man, by yourself When you walk along the street Go, go swim against the tide, go swim
1: Applying pressure. A. I want to bounce back to something. So, I want to bounce back to the idea of squats and why they're bad. Um, we can talk about. That was. Wait, did I? Were, no, there were air quotations <laughs> on why they're bad. Squats you can't are see
4: bad. Them. Are we on the wrong show?
1: Uh, mm. So, are squats bad because, ooh, they're dirty? Are squats bad because, ooh, people do drugs in them? Or are squats bad because they're self-sustaining and outside of a system that benefits financially? <laughs> there
4: you go. I think, they're yeah. all, I think go.
1: all of that is true. <laughs>
3: mm. Yes, it's at the center of it. Squats are bad because they hurt private property. The, all the rest mm-hmm. is just branches. Yeah, squats.
1: Yeah. Why are homeless people such a, quote, strain on society? I motion to say that homeless people... Um, are not in fact a strain on society and maybe in fact do deserve empathy and aid. But I think they're such revolutionary. a war. Yeah, revolutionary, you know, oh, like you love, love thy neighbor, whatever God said. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but it's, it's so outside of what we understand because people, surprise, surprise, can live outside of a um, finance encircled system. And that's that's a thing that can happen, um, and the mandrel closing down I think is 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 exemplary Exemp- an exemplified version of this an example of this.
2: Yeah,
1: um, let's talk about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think squats are, are a really fascinating example of, of how counterculture is being dealt with in in Maastricht, if you can call squatting a part of counterculture, which yes, I would you argue can. you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think. Again, what we've seen recently is kind of foreboding for, for this type of, uh, of existence, I'll call it existence, because if you don't buy into the system of, again, it's so easy to sound like you're being over the top with this, but literally if you're not buying into this system of paying a, a landowner uh, in order just to sleep somewhere, then all of a sudden you're seen as, like you say, a strain on society. Uh, whereas there's a million other things that cost a million times more that aren't seen at all as a, as a strain. Um, but yeah, I'd like to turn the the question to our guest. What do you think squats uh, says about the state of counterculture in in Maastricht?
3: I I mean, in that the, in that specific formula, I think it uh, it says a lot. First, the fact that we don't have that many also says a lot. It says a lot about the consciousness of this town.
1: Yes, it does.
3: Yeah, the fact the way the state reacts also on the squatting issue says a lot about the state as i mentioned before the key word between anarchism and this topic is that you need to have one form of governance a situation of almost pure monopoly that there is one form one way of doing things and it has to be done as such and that's very problematic because you also have problems with the poor here in uh, in maastricht people who would like to find a house the government is working to 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 get them into houses and you have a lot of empty places like i i think i read once as well that in the united states uh you have more uh more empty houses than homeless people right so basically mm-hmm. the invisible hand of the market gave its middle finger to the poor and i think that is also happening in maastricht to an extent not just with the poor but also with the uh, with the alternative scene with the cultural alternative scene it will go on like this as long as we do not have all these people that are affected on board. Yeah. The poor, the homeless, uh, uh, the the alternative cultural zones. We need to have them all together to actually do something. But if
4: they all fight on their own, then it's. I mean, it's not even a. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not even.
4: And I think uh, you know, it's not just about having four corners to uh, four four walls to live in because as you, if if that is true and i could readily believe that there are more um un, there's more unoccupied space in america than there are homeless people but um you know the thing is that when the daddy state uh, makes you a bunch of walls it doesn't necessarily make a home people i mean yes there is the physical you know demand for shelter and sanitation but there is an emotional demand as well and if the architecture doesn't express that if 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 you don't if if you're unable to feel at home because you know the place you're living in is just a lifeless grid and you move out for that then that also is something that that you know whoever is providing for for his living must uh, must cater for you cannot just expect people to live in a place that is four walls of concrete people require a community people require a place where they feel comfortable and yes. uh, so I, I, it's it's such a it's a common it's a common problem these days that there is a lot of uh, subsidized housing socialized housing that is built across the world uh, that just violates these basic principles and what happens is that people have no desire to live there because they they don't feel at home they feel alienated yes. imagine people living you know right next to each other and feeling alienated from everybody. So that there are there are so many reasons why people would cho- would turn to squatting. It they're they're expressing their desire to live in a certain way. It's not it's not just that people move there because it's cheaper, but it's the yeah. choice of a lifestyle. And it's the choice of community living. Yeah, it's I think it's again ties in a lot what you said with the, with the thing
3: that uh, cultural and political must go hand in hand. Exactly, the political gets you the place. Culture turns the place into a home. Absolutely, the problem in Maastricht is that the people that are willing to, to, to take action against this gentrification, so to say, well, well some of them at least, they uh, really focus on the cultural dimension so that at some point you are satisfied with the government renting you a building and then you use that building for cultural activities. You have just been sucked in. This is not alternative anymore. I mean, you can call it alternative if you'd like to, but it's not alternative really must include the political dimension that we need this place. On the other hand, there are so many squats in Maastricht that are politically there, they own, like not own the place, but they have the political rights so far to live there, but it's not home for so many students, for these squatters. It's not taken care of, it's not doing projects, it's not involving the community. If these two don't go hand in hand, then it's kind of, it's, it's not useful. It's really not useful to, to claim something, but also to maintain it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think what we really see in this discussion as well and uh, especially with what Satchit said as well. I think that was really well said is there is there is a difference between existing and and leading a full life yes. and and living and you're talking about human beings who need who need a place to live and and a place to feel at home as Suchit said. And I think that is such a big disconnect with this global neoliberal system we have. With global capitalism, there just is no room for human compassion on a very, very basic level. Yeah. And the,
4: f- the funny thing is that the market will manufacture some sort of poor substitute and sell it to you.
7: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they will make you. Fe- it, they will make you feel as though you're making progress again with these subsidized housings, with short-term solutions to long-term problems that that just paper over the cracks essentially. And the the recidivism rate of prisoners the amount of homeless people who end up in some kind of um government sponsored um housing and then end up back on the street is so high because again these aren't long term considered solutions that think about human beings these are like yeah these are these are broad systems that fit into the these are broad patterns that fit into the system that we have and basically continue to propagate it yeah as our guest said, you only you only are allowed to do something if it's if it uh, is in line with what yeah. uh, the system allows for, and
1: that makes it so effortful. Like, mm. It, do being a part of of these squats, being a part of this community necessitates you have the energy to consistently and constantly put up that fight yeah. because there's always going to be an entity pushing against you, whether it be the municipality, um other people, mm-hmm. um the system at large.
2: The maastricht weather in December.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> it hits hard.
2: Don't we know it?
1: and and, like the people at Mandrill loved that space, loved that community. But it's such a fight, um, and it's every day, it's every second, it's every single thing you do. There's always this menacing government entity trying to take that away, because it doesn't serve the municipality's interests to have to have a cultural free zone, to have a squat. Yeah, it doesn't make any money, doesn't make any income. Maybe it adds to the diversity of the city, but is that really the diversity they want to advertise? Yeah. No.
4: Yeah. Most At importantly, it doesn't it doesn't contribute to the image they seem to be cultivating.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, an anarchist would argue, again, Mm -hmm. is that all of these activities of the municipality or of the state are so much vested in the production of legitimacy. Mm -hmm. You need to legitimize your reign. Maastricht municipality is not going to send 50 riot police to, Hmm. to destroy the people in the mandrel and kick them out. Of course, there has to be mechanisms of saying, we're looking for houses for the poor. We are trying to develop cultural projects, but more in a legal way, in brackets, whatever that means. So, I I mean, I don't think that there are very much benevolent intentions sitting on the table planning stuff for this town. And that's why people need to organize and do something. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly, because LBB could be next. You're looking at, we talked about it earlier, you, you talked about millions being on the table. LBB is waterfront property, it's a big space. right in, yeah. uh, next to the Maas, and Maastricht is, is well known for tourism. That that spot is is hot property, and if people aren't fighting to keep spaces like that, we will lose them, and we won't have literally any physical spaces left. And um, yeah, I think it's it's really important that we continue to to talk about these things and certainly.
3: So I mean, um, I just wanted to comment this. I also heard it from an anarchist in a documentary. We rely on the people who are the status quo to change that status quo, mm-hmm. and that's just impossible.
1: And I, I don't think, well, I do think, it's kind of half and half, but I do think like the actual people working in the municipality, like people who have lived in Maastricht their whole lives and genuinely love this city, they're working to protect a the city they love, of course, but they don't they don't talk to the people who love these communities. Yeah. They don't know, they <coughs> are not in like the spheres, they don't visit Mandrell, they don't <coughs> participate in these communities, so of course they don't understand them. Yeah. People who, people just need to talk about it. People need to be open to inviting other people. Like, I'm sure there's, um, like, I don't know, give me a Dutch name, Jan, I don't know. There's probably yes. a, a Jan in, like, the, the municipality working, making legislation, and he he thinks of these squats as very, like, not great places because he just doesn't know. Um, and, and it means that this is something I always struggle with because, I know the system in the way that it's run now is not the one I want, but also how am I gonna change it if I don't participate within it somehow? Yeah. You know, if I don't vote, if I don't engage in politics, I, what what's gonna happen?
3: I mean, we can discuss voting.
1: But. Yeah, that's a big thing. That's but a big thing.
3: I, I mean, I absolutely do believe that forms of participation should be there. Mm-hmm. Political participation constantly, constantly, and constantly. The problem is that you enter with the system some sort of a dialectic relationship, if I may say this. So you make a mistake. The government says, okay, this is the way to fix it. You take that, and then another mistake is made. And at some point, there are so much dependencies created between the squad and the government that the government can easily, like it it has you on a leash somehow at some point. When you have a contract with the government, when everything is done formally, when this and this and this and that, they can tell you, you leave this place, or we know who you are, you're gonna get a huge ass fine by the end of this month if you do not leave this place. Or we will cut electricity, we will cut water, because you are at the first place entering that type of uh, cooperation. We can have dialogue to legitimize our own existence, but we would like to sustain ourselves on our own. And that's something I would like to see more squats in Maastricht doing. Stop relying on people behind closed doors, the experts, and do it yourself type of strategy. Maintain your squad by yourself. The capacity, the energy is there, mm-hmm. and we saw the energy is there not only in the squad scene, but in political activism. In this, in that, people have the energy. We need to orchestrate everything in a way that makes our squads self-sustaining and not relying on the government.
1: Yeah, we do. Um, I, it's see, because right now, like. I'm at a loss for words because I, kn- I know these things. In my heart of hearts, I know these things. But I think, how? Like, the mandrel shut down. Like, LBB, I don't know. Like, what's, w- ah. Ah, ah. The B32, yeah.
3: I would like to give a shout out for the Yeah, B-32 shout out to B32. Well. Yeah, great place, yeah.
1: But do you know what I mean? Like, where where, we, like, ideologically, I know where we go. But practically, like, what do we do?
2: What's the next step for counterculture and and alternative spaces in Maastricht? Yeah. If
1: because I don't expect to change the city's attitude, like 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 the people who live in Maastricht and have lived here their whole lives, like nobody's going to change their minds. Nobody's going to change my mind either. Yeah. But how do how do we how do we compromise on those things?
4: I think the first thing is that when you when you're confused, when you don't know what to do, but you kind of know where you're going, is to talk. Mm -hmm. it's to talk to other people find other people who are as confused as you are
3: definitely definitely
4: and that's that's where answers will emerge
3: yeah none of us will be able to develop formulate clear demands on this table to, to know exactly what we want to make this community sustainable this is experts type of work office experts type of work we are social activists, we're revolutionaries, we're this, we're that. Our work is on the street. Mm-hmm. Clear demands we'll start formulating after we have more people on board. That, hey, if you believe this is a problem, please join me. I'm trying to find a solution. And gradually you develop a series of demands and you put them forward. And if it doesn't work, you can go on a demonstration. You can consider a variety of actions until you figure out for yourself in your own context what works. One very important way of doing things, which I also thought it was very lacking in the squat scene here in Maastricht, communicate with other squatters all around the world. Mm-hmm. Gentrification has reached Berlin, gentrification has been happening in so many other regions in Europe, but our squats in Maastricht hardly have communication with these squats. Why not? Let's learn from their experience. Let's see how they have been doing things. Invite them to come over here, study the situation and see if they can help us somehow. But. I mean, in an isolated context, we cannot maintain things on our own if we want to be self-sufficient.
1: Yeah, but we can do what we can. We can talk. Like, like, what do we have? Beautiful community radio. But what else do we have? Amazing friends who understand and are willing to speak about these different things. And I think at the end of the day, we're not gonna topple a system with our bare hands singularly. But what we can do is like, I don't know, have some friends, have a good dinner, and like talk about things. Like, what are we gonna do as a, as a group? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Have some dinner. We made nachos last night.
3: Let's have a dinner. soon. Let's
1: have a dinner soon. I love that. Um, I'm I'm gonna wrap up. I want to say thank you to my lovely, lovely friends. Um, of course, this isn't a conversation that's gonna be um, finished in an hour. Where this is a conversation we're gonna have for the rest of our lives. Yes, I'm sure of it. Um, but I wanted to quickly thank Code043 and RTV Maastricht for letting us Ooh. do this stuff. Very exciting. Um, also, cultural agenda at, at Cafe Rose tomorrow. There's a showing of Moonlight. Good movie. Um, apparently, on Saturday, there's an. I have this in my notes. A quote unspecified rave at an undisclosed location at an undisclosed time. I don't know what this means.
2: <laughs> Talk about alternative spaces. Yeah. Ask your friends. <laughs> Figure it out. Hit up SRM on yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. We'll figure it out. There's
1: literally an undisclosed rave somewhere happening. I promise.
4: Anastasia, you're just you're just so jealous, you're not on the guest list. I know. Anastasia's
2: <laughs> trying to get invited to If
1: anybody rave. knows where the rave is, <laughs> I'm asking, please. Oh my God. <laughs> Sacha died. Um but also um I'm obligated to say this cuz my roommates are in Sofaso so Sofaso's party uh, tonight at um at the LB, lab
2: Lab sorry Yeah
1: I almost said LBB too <laughs> at the lab <laughs> please support one of you mom's most uh, marginalized faculties. we're Isn't not that scary.
2: Right? Faso's good people. Good, good people. people Come support SoFasos yes, just Fasos,
1: Fasos. Not just Fasos by the way. She says everybody. Um also uh Sajid is playing at a concert on Thursday.
2: I seem to be yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow, nice. Well now he is.
2: Very, very talented He was talented also just musicians. playing Shout for
1: the Freemasons. Out, yeah. Can I say that?
2: <laughs> I We're all dead. Been. We're all Allegedly. Dead. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly,
1: the Freemasons. But, yes, um, but he uh, yep.
4: There's a concert that anybody can attend tomorrow in the, at the Conservatorium. bunch of pianists, bunch of good music. Yep. You're all welcome.
1: You're all thank welcome. You so Again, thank you for listening. I want to close up with a th- oh, with a thong with a song. There's a lisp. Wow. With a song called "Thanks Bastards" by a band called Mischief Brew. I think it's a lot of fun. So, thank
4: very gentle. Thank, thank you so much. Very,
3: thank very you, gentle. Bastards. Viva Anarchia.
1: Viva Anarchia. Have a good night. Oh,
7: <laughs> thank you, Mr. Officer Great, for all the things you said to me, for all the good that you have ever done. Without you, what would I be? All oh, the gas upon my flames, my love and rage, I roll up into one. For every time your gun goes off, a new rebel is born. So when there's 41 bullets, it's 41,000 thorns in your side. We'll take a ride down to Precinct 29, and we'll sing and dance and break the code of silence.
0: Dit is Francis Dix met het Radio Nieuws. De Nederlandse veroordeelde pedofiel.